0: Welcome to the Beautiful Entrepreneurs Podcast, the show for mom entrepreneurs who are ready to make more money and take their business to the next level. I am your life and business coach, Courtney Gray, and each week I'm gonna teach you the tools I have learned over the past 18 years growing my business to consecutive $250,000 years from my garage while raising three boys. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast number 20. I'm so excited, especially for this podcast, because I have my first guest and um, her name is Kelly Graytalk. She is my identical twin sister. And this is not going to be like a normal, like interview me formatting, ask questions, and then end the podcast with three tips for our guests. It's going to be like a coffee chat. She's drinking coffee. I'm drinking coffee. And it's like we're at a party, just talking business. And so let me start by saying, first of all, the audio might not be quite as good, only because I am trying to figure out my microphone situation when interviewing someone. And instead of taking a week to figure that out, I'm just jumping in. So here we go. My sister is obviously amazing. She's my best friend, my BFF, and my identical twin sister. I will, let me say, I will be posting a picture to my Instagram of us together. So you can see that we are, in fact, very identical. We have become more identical The older we've gotten, don't you think, Kelly?
1: I totally agree.
0: Yes. So first of all, obviously, Kelly's always been an amazing woman, but she has two kids that are right around the same ages as my kids. They, for the last, what, like 10 years have now grown up together, which has been amazing. She lives literally five houses away from me. And for a long time, I was on this entrepreneurial journey by myself. And she will tell you the story, but I forced coaching on her and really kind of told her that I think that she could do even more amazing things with her life. So that, I'm, I'm so proud to not only have watched her do that, but have been able to be a part of the process in helping her go to her next level. And I will tell you, one of the most amazing things is she is not a life coach, but she coaches me all the time. She's just been around it so much. She listens to so many of the podcasts I listen to. She follows the same people I follow, and she's the one that really got me into meditation and manifesting, so we now, we are really now coaching each other. So, um, Kelly, Kelly, great talk. Welcome to the podcast. It's so <laughs> I have to tell you, I've been waiting 19
1: long podcasts <laughs> <every day. laughs> It's like, when is it? And I was trying to play it cool, like trying to be a little hard to get, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. But here's, here I am. Um, thank you for having me. I've been on a few podcasts and I have to say, this, of course, is a dream for me. The most um, The most important podcast of my life, I'm sure.
0: Well, you're a dream that you listen to every week and I have to tell all of the people who listen to this podcast it means so much to me that she is one of the first people the message saying the podcast was fire every week you you tell me that so it makes me it makes me feel good. So tell me about your story. And obviously you have a huge your life story, but I really want to hear about your entrepreneurial story and really how life coaching and learning how to manage your thoughts and push yourself to your next level has got you to where you are now. Look at me asking questions. Wow. Wow. I, am I Joe Rogan?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am ner- I'm sitting in my chair sweating. Okay, here we go. So, uh, you know, first I think I was kind of watching you from afar, right? Kind of like, this is amazing. You've been an entrepreneur for a long time and I've always just, I'm a, I am a nurse. Mm-hmm. I should start with that, right? That might be helpful. I'm a registered nurse and kind of had the normal nursing path working at the hospital. And then you kind of started tiptoeing into this, we've always been in a little bit into the woo. Okay. Wouldn't you say that?
0: Oh yes. We love the woo.
1: And then, you know, you, you've always been, you know, you were the first one to kind of introduce me to Tony Robbins and we kind of have always been slowly dipping our pool our, our I'm sorry, our toes. Now our ankles into the pool of kind of, you know, of um, all of that manifestation um, thought work. And then you really got, really got into it. And it was more me watching you thinking, this is amazing. I'm so happy for her. But I really felt, in a way, it didn't apply to me because I was just a nurse working at the hospital, right? Yeah. Um, I felt like I was doing great things in my personal life, but I don't think when it came to, to being an entrepreneur, I don't think I it didn't none of that resonated with me because it didn't matter. And then I think that all changed. I mean, that one day in your kitchen, right? That's when it all changed.
0: Well, wait, Tell remind me of that because I was going to tell a different story. Tell me one day in your kitchen. Well, I was
1: going to say that for, you know, just, just being the hospital nurse and then one day coming, I was kind of on my own path of self-development and just finding, you know, our kids are getting older and what do, how do I want this to look? What do I want to do with my life? Kind of creating the life of my dreams and then thinking that, yeah, but I'm a hospital, I'm, I'm working at the hospital. So a lot of what you're saying doesn't apply to me because I remember telling you, well, I, I want to be able to do more medical missions. I, I had gone on a really powerful medical mission. I felt like it kind of rocked my world.
0: Tell, tell everyone I, what a medical mission is because we don't know if we're well, not medical people.
1: Yeah, I had done you know trips in Haiti and things like that where I had gone and volunteered. You pay a bunch of money, you volunteer, and you just go and you help. Mm -hmm. work in the hospital, train people, train the Haitian people. That was the one I did there. And then I had gone by myself and done one in India and it just rocked my world. Just, Mm -hmm. I did, you know, saw 94 kids. We, I, not, we, I checked out their eyes, their teeth and all that. And then when I got back, I thought, what do I want to do with my life? Well, I want to do more of that is what I want to do. Um, where was the,
0: but I want to do more life, but
1: Oh, but I just, I mean, even just trying to the trying, I drained my, you know, account, just doing the trip, taking the time off work. And I only went for nine days. I mean, it just, it wasn't, I didn't feel like it was possible to do that because I felt like I, I just financially, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get the time off work. And, and I thought if I want this to be a part of my life, you know, I just have to work less and make more money. And that's not an option for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we I was saying that in your kitchen and remember you were like sitting there cooking and you're like, well, that's a limiting belief. And I was mad.
0: Yeah. Because you believed you didn't think it was a belief, you thought it was a fact.
1: Oh yeah. I thought, well, it's not like I can go to human resources and tell them I'm a great gal. And (laughs) (laughs)
0: right. Well, especially (laughs) since you're 45 and 45-year-olds don't use the word gal, but keep going.
1: (laughs) I love that word. Yeah. So I just I felt like that didn't apply to me. All your coaching and woo-woo and all that just didn't apply to me because. What am I supposed to do? I can't go back to my work and ask them for more money. That it's a calculate. It's they have a system in place.
0: Mm, So this is where I want to stop and say that what's for anyone that's listening that is possibly even agreeing, like yeah, I don't. What Kelly was thinking was so true. She worked for the hospital. Basically, what you're thinking is they determine how much money I make. Right? It's It's out out of my. It's out of my my hands. Yeah. One of the best things I've ever learned, and one of my favorite things to teach my clients is the difference between fact and thought. And you were thinking this was a fact. The hospital decides how much money I make, how much money I bring into my life. And when you start accepting that that might not be a fact, that's when the magic happens. Right. So you keep And alive. you have
1: to leave space for it. Because remember, so I just, you, I just was like, well, what do I do now? And you just said, start, you know, told me a few things. Start journaling every day. Start putting it out there. And, and I think, of course, just like I'm dealing with as I sit here when I woke up this morning, if it's so the hard part for me and everyone probably has different struggles, the hard part for me is I don't know how, I don't know what that would look like. Mm -hmm. And so I said, when you said to me, well, that's a limiting belief. And I, then it's like, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. So you said, start journaling. So I literally for about four months, I think I was journaling. I'm going to think of something new. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think of a new way. I don't know how, but I'm going to think of something outside the box. And I just started you know, every day would wake up and journal that. Yeah. I mean, I think of something new. I'm going to, um, something's going to, you know, happen for me. And I just started kind of trying to look at things, different angles and just try, try to think about something different.
0: You know what I think we should do really quick. And I should have done this in the intro is tell people are all what you have created, like tell them where you are now. And then we can again, go back to how you got here. Tell them where you are now, what you do and how oh. much money you make and where, what you've created. Can, like
1: introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listener. Let's start again. This is our first one. <laughs> this is our first time. I am, a, I started, it's three years ago. So, this today, we're in, what is it? It's May. So, in August, it will be three years. I started Kelly Grey Talk private nursing care. And in very basic terms, I travel around a few different states and I recover high-end patients after plastic surgery. So I, for example, I'm leaving tomorrow to go recover a patient. She booked me about eight months ago. We've talked many, many, many times, texted, emailed many, many times since she booked me. I'm now for the first time gonna go meet her on Tuesday after her surgery, pick her up, take her home and stay with her for a few days and just handle everything. And yeah, and I took the month of May off. You know, I have kind of created a very cool situation for myself. If somebody had told me, When I was an ER nurse working night, if somebody had told me that this is what I would be doing, I wouldn't have believed them.
0: Because you would have thought it's not possible?
1: I would have thought, how? How in the world does that work out?
0: Yeah. And what Kelly and I talk about almost every day when we go for walks is we don't know the how and we still even after all of our success and I'm gonna have Kelly tell you how much money she's making because I love talking about money and I think it's very powerful but we even at our levels now we still are like how 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 when I say I'm gonna make five hundred thousand dollars how am I gonna do that that's it's just we all want to know the how and then you just have to keep experimenting and trying and trying to figure out because we don't know the how until we do it
1: right so money wise so I think at the hospital I made about eighty three thousand here in California California. Nurses get paid a lot better. I made about $83,000 a year and I'm on course this year to I'm sure make a, around 200,000. Yeah. Yeah. And that's with taking, you know, I took May off. And so it's, it's, um, and I also have a little passive income stream, which is great. So it's great. It's wonderful. That's and I, so and exciting. I'm way, way happier and I'm like fired up about it. And and when I say I took May off, I didn't take any clients in May. I definitely have been working a lot mm. because I love it. So yeah.
0: I love that. And I'm so proud of you. And it's so exciting. But So so let's go back now. So let's go back to when you started thinking, what did you start thinking that maybe it's possible for you? What were your thoughts then? I guess I just thought
1: my sister told me, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, I guess I, you know, I, I should have put, I should try to put myself in that space. And what did I think? Well, it was interesting because anybody I told kind of poo-pooed like, oh, that's woo-woo. That's not how the world works.
0: That I can make more money finding another way to make money
1: right that that's just kind of fairy dust unicorns and rainbows you don't just put it out there and things just happen and so but that's what I was doing because I didn't know and I thought well I'm gonna think of something new and I'm I don't I'm trying to think other than journaling I think just spending time in that space oh I am I did I remember I remember I I forgot about this I went back to become a nurse practitioner for Mm -hmm. six weeks all of a sudden I thought, well, maybe that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, got it, got accepted at a school, you know, had all the letters of recommendations. And then I was six weeks into this nurse practitioner program. And all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, this isn't it. This isn't what I, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I thought. And it's interesting because a lot of people were like, Ooh, are you, were, are you embarrassed? It's like, no. Cause you no. quit, how, you
0: quit nurse practitioner. I did. I was
1: like, oh, this is not for me, mm-hmm. you know? And I even probably, you know, I was down out some money because I had paid for this first semester, and and I thought I, I never regretted it because I thought I never would have known had it not tried. Yeah. yeah, and so I just kept thinking, okay, that wasn't it. So what is it? You know. Okay. And then of course we were in Palm Springs with probably after about four months of me doing this journaling and trying to figure out something new, we were in Palm Springs. We talking to the listener now. We Courtney and I get together with our high school girlfriends every so often and we were at with a bunch of them and there is this guy named butler paul who uh one of our girlfriends h- kind of hires she's done it a few times where he kind of shows up and he makes us drinks and he gets you know if anybody wants a massage he organizes that it's very fancy it's very fancy it's very fancy and we're not fancy but it's a fancy situation when butler paul's there yeah and he's this great guy and he, it's, he's kind of this whole like tailored concierge he handles everything and we were sitting there one night and you were sitting across from me, you know, our childhood friend Nikki was sitting next to me and Butler Paul was on the other side. Nobody needed anybody anything. So he was sitting there and and I remember thinking thinking of my favorite type of patient. And I know exactly what that is, and thinking, oh, you know, it would be cool it would be to take care of my favorite type of patient, but also do all the fancy things. Be like very, you know, and I didn't know the word concierge at that point. I didn't, I didn't attribute that to Nursing, but I thought, what if like a I I massage, I get tea, I handle handle everything, mm-hmm. and make it a lovely experience. What if I did that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul was like it, Butler Paul was like an example of what's possible for you.
1: Yes, and all of a sudden I thought about things. What if I was but like Butler Paul, <laughs> but a medical version? And then um, I remember being actually excited for everybody to go to bed that night because I wanted to stay up on my phone. And I remember I, you were in the one room, the um, bed across from me. And I stayed up to like three in the morning on my phone thinking, well, somebody has to be doing this. This has to be a thing. And I'm just going to do it too. Mm-hmm. And then I really, other than one girl who, but isn't really wasn't doing it like how I wanted to do it. There really wasn't anybody doing this. And mm-hmm. I thought, and I was nervous because I think I've always been a kind of a pleaser and a follower. Um, anybody that knows us both would say mm-hmm. that you're kind of the power twin. I've been just kind of, I'm a little bit more easygoing and kind of like, whatever.
0: The fun twin.
1: Yeah, well, okay. You so, are fun. You know what I mean? No, it's like, yeah. and then I remember thinking, oh shit, like, sorry, am I allowed to cuss? You are. I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to just do it my way then, which mm-hmm. was perfect. Yeah. Because I do sometimes have a tendency to think um, that I'm going to follow the rules and all of a sudden there were no rules. So I got to make the rules.
0: So what gave you the courage to do th- I mean, th- to do this, you already had, were you, were you working full-time as a nurse? I forget. I was. Oh yeah. So what gave you the courage to go, okay, it's 3 a.m., I'm seeing that there's no one really doing it online, which this is fascinating because a lot of people would go, oh, no one's doing this, like that kind of discouraged. But you're like, this is actually a good thing, right? That's an entrepreneur's mind to think this is beautiful. No one else is doing this. I'm going to do it. What gave you the courage to do it? You know, I think that I, I, I'm the type of person that
1: back then mm-hmm. I've changed a lot since starting this business. But I think back then I, I really looked to others to decide how I was going to feel about things mm-hmm. to like... Um, To manage my mind, I would look to others and kind of grasp onto that. And of course, you thought it was a great idea. And then my husband thought it was a great idea. We weren't married at the time, but you know. And so I think I just, Courtney, I don't know how to, I really don't know. I don't know how to answer that. To me, it seemed brilliant, I guess. And then when I just look at all the stats of just plastic surgery and why would people not want this? But it was interesting because then, then people and surgeons and I started kind of not always getting great feedback. Mm-hmm. I don't. I wonder why how I had the courage to kind of keep going at that point. But I think I was also now in this coaching world, and I was managing my mind about all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, right? so do
0: you, yeah. Do you remember your first paid client? What was that like? <laughs> oh. Well,
1: yeah, well, for yes, I do remember my first paid client. And I remember she, I was on the phone call with her, like the consultation and she said yes. And then she kind of had to say yes, like five times. She finally goes, Kelly, send me the
0: invoice. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. <laughs>
1: because I guess I just, at this point, even now as well, but at this point, this is when the coaching for me was huge. Tell me why. I just think that you, there's all this stuff comes up, right? All the stuff with on um, the entrepreneurship comes up. And then all of a sudden, maybe you have a, you know, I would have an argument with my spouse or one of my kids, you know? And so then it's just life gets in the way and you're, and then add on top of it, entrepreneurial fee, fear. And then all of a sudden, you know, then all of a sudden things start working and then other stuff comes up, which is how does that happen? And when you Why, say I,
0: things come up, tell me what that means.
1: Things come up, like all of a sudden it actually starts to work. And that even freaks me out for, well, and I should say first, it looks like it's all easy, right? It's always easy. But, but the times when I had patient care coordinators, like in order, in order to get a referral from a surgeon's office, I usually am dealing with a patient care coordinator. They're not a medical person. They work for the surgeon. And I mean, there have been times where I, at first, when I first started this, I would get off the phone in tears because, you know, people saying things like, no, hey, just so you know, no one's ever going to hire you. No one's ever going to pay you money for this. Right. So that, of course, going through that made me very strong and being coached through that was critical at that point. Yeah. Now that's not an issue for me, but other things come up. And that and the coaching has been instrumental in that, just working through that. You asked about my first patient. I'm doing it so different than I did then. Mm-hmm. So one of the things you, I don't know if you remember, one of the things you coached me on after that job, I, when I went to that job, I hardly slept. So mm-hmm. I was with her for two days. I hardly slept and I literally cleaned this woman's house from top to bottom I, I mean, I did so many things for her that were not expected because I felt like if I'm going to be paid all this money, I need to work my ass off.
0: Yes. And so that's so interesting. And I remember this conversation and it just shows us as a coach, it shows me where your mind is that you think in order to make money, you have to work very hard, which, oh, and that was yes.
1: And how am I? And I was,
0: I was exhausted,
1: you know, so I was doing that probably the first 10 clients is I was just over, over delivery, right? Cause you're supposed to offer value and over deliver. And I was over delivering so much that I remember thinking, I can't keep this up. Mm-hmm. I would come back and I would be in bed for a day. Right. And these people they'd be sleeping
0: and I'd be washing their windows. They didn't know <laughs> you're washing windows and walking <laughs> the dog and sleeping with their animals. Yeah. Right? That <laughs> sounded so that, crazy, but that, didn't you have actually, a dog that she, he wanted that, to cuddle you know, up with you in bed.
1: That's the bonus. No, but but I think that my, my thoughts around that, that I have to, I have, it has to hurt. It has to be painful. I have to be sleep deprived in order for be in order to earn this money in order to deserve this money. I need to be that way. And you know, you coached me hard on that.
0: Well, and now what is your, what's your new thought around that?
1: Oh, that I actually feel like when I get to the patient, for example, like this woman on Tuesday who I'm, I'm delighted to meet and all that. But once I get there, that's the easy part.
0: Cause you've already provided the value.
1: I've already provided value and it's just, you know, to, I don't kill myself anymore. I, I really do what's important to them without overdoing it because I have to also preserve my energy in order to show up for them the best way possible. Mm-hmm. I need to, I have, you know, now I have certain protocols for myself. I eat a very specific way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, I have to do that in order to be be in order for to be a successful entrepreneur.
0: Well, and I have to believe you're showing it better for the for the patient if you're not exhausted from washing windows while they sleep. (laughs) <laughs> I've never told anyone that. I probably shouldn't have said it publicly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so what where are you trying to go now in your business? So you're you're right around $200,000 you think that you're going to make by the end of the year, which is amazing. And I'm going to actually have to find the statistic that I read about how, you know, the the amount of in the United States, the amount of women that have made over $100,000 is a very very small percentage. Oh oh, yeah. And I need to get, I need to, I'm going to have to put that in a future podcast. It's a very small percentage. So the fact that you are setting your own schedule, setting your own pricing, loving what you're doing, created a business that supports your family and, you know, making upwards of $200,000 a year. I think you're just getting started. What are your thoughts about where you're at now?
1: Well, if, and of course, I'm super grateful. You know, if I'm being honest, it's the whole, how do I, uh, how do I make a, my next big goal? Mm-hmm. Because I've kind of, you know, I've, I've gone to Florida and recovered the patient. I did that visualization for months before I got my Florida patient, mm-hmm. visualizing going to Florida, visualizing the fact that somebody would pay me, you know, tons of money to go back there and do that mm-hmm. and not believing. And then it happened that mm-hmm. first time. And, and, um, and now i it's almost like I've caught up with myself and so now, I mean, and you and I do this on our walks all the time, trying to pick the next big goals. And that's, again, here. it's almost like I'm in, in a way back at square one because, and you know this, but I, I don't know how it's supposed to, I, how would I even do that? How, it, the math doesn't work.
0: And for the right. listener, and for the listener what Kelly and I've been coaching on a lot lately is is that in order for her to get to whatever next level she chooses is her next level, reach whatever goal she chooses is her next goal, she has to believe it's possible first, at least to some degree. She has to be, believe it's possible. And so she has to choose a goal and she has to really work on going, yes, yes, I can do this. I'm capable. I'm it's not all going to fall apart. All of that.
1: Well, and a big goal too, because you know Mm -hmm. me, I stay small. I have a tendency to stay small because I can't, the math doesn't work. I can't figure out how. And so I think I don't, maybe it's because of my not wanting to be disappointed or because I don't like being confused or, you know, so I have a tendency to not have big goals. Oh, well, I'll just stay in this house and fix it up a little. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that's where so many people get stuck is like, oh, I can have big goals as long as I know how I'm going to do it, the steps I'm going to take to it. I think that that is really the system we have been raised in our society here in, you know, America at least. You go through school and it's all laid out for you. It's like, oh, you want to get into a good college? Here's the path. You want to get a good job? Here's the path. And you have to do these things and you will get success. And as as an entrepreneur, those things are not laid out for you, especially if you're carving your own path.
1: Right. And things are constantly changing. Mm-hmm.
0: So I would love to for you to tell me some of your fails that you have had to allow yourself in order to create the success you've created.
1: Well, how some of my fails. Well, first of all, just be, I mean having to be vulnerable, right? Because that's what happens. You know, having a, a surgeon like mess, message me, email me herself, please don't contact us anymore. Mm. Your brochures are beautiful. We sent a few people your way. We had no idea you were charging so much. No one's ever going to pay you.
0: Mm, That feels Uh, good. (laughs)
1: That was was a bit of a fail. Um, But by that time, I actually had been pretty successful. So I just kind of thought, okay, I won't waste marketing material on her. Good to know. Trying to, what are some of my fails? I mean, oh my gosh, I've, I've been in a few different magazines with like articles here and there. But I mean, the countless attempts to just write articles for people and just either no response or just brushed off or ghosted or whatever, yeah. you know, trying to reach out to surgeons in New York mm-hmm. who don't respond or say you're not, Oh, this is a good one. You don't have a four-year nursing degree. You know, I have a four-year degree, but it wasn't in nursing. That kind of was hurtful. <laughs> I don't know. And you've spent you money
0: know? on advertising and magazines. You got nothing. Oh, from. Oh yeah.
1: Five, I spent my very first thing. I spent $5,000 on $5,000 on a spread in Southern California, ma- uh, Southern California magazine that I didn't get one thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a fail. I didn't get one person contacting mm-hmm. me. Um, I mean the countless shows I have tried to reach out to good morning, America, the today show, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, see things on these shows, um, like somebody who invents something or they're doing a, you know, they're selling a charcuterie board and how this charcuterie board is going to change your life. And I think, Oh my gosh, I have stuff to say, you know, and I um so though a lot of those fails. I think just it's hard to even I really have gotten good at realizing that it's about the process. It's about having, you know, just going through it and realizing so the fails don't upset me as much anymore.
0: Well, what let me ask you this. What advice would you give someone who, if they're hearing I have to believe that there's gonna be someone hearing this who's not an entrepreneur right now that thinks this is amazing. Is it possible for me? This girl Kelly really is showing me that maybe I could start thinking outside the box like like would you have any advice for them
1: yes I would have advice I would say know what you love oh that's like, great I, I think the brilliance of what I've done is I know exactly who I love working with and most people don't like working with the patients I like I mean mm-hmm. all my girlfriends that used to work in the ER with me are like girl you're crazy because but I know I know my kind of special sauce I know mm-hmm. what I'm really good
0: at I know what I like I know what fires me up mm-hmm. So know what you Um, like, know what you're good at. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just realize that it's not, realize that it can, you can still consider it hashtag working, even if you go four months without, you know, I I mean, I went four months without one consult. Mm
0: -hmm. How was that like?
1: That was, well, luckily I was still working at the hospital Mm at part time, but it was, you know, it's, it's how it's hard to still believe. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. The right. skill of believing that something is working or something is possible for you when you have no evidence around. And then I'm talking right. about, and I, I love talking about with, to my clients with evidence is we're always finding evidence to support what we really believe. So in the beginning, when you really believed the hospital decides how much money I make and you were looking around and I mean, there's so much evidence for that. I have to believe anyone in the school system would feel the same way. Like, right. Yeah. My school, the County school system or city, whatever it is, decides how much money I make. When you're looking, around you're going to support that but to be able to believe something else is possible even though you have no evidence to believe it to believe something is working even though all the evidence you're getting is no right i have to believe i know at one point you went you raised your prices in this journey you know during this journey and i have to believe you had to have gotten a lot of no's people saying that's too much money
1: tons of no's tons of no's yeah
0: yeah. And what was that like when, I mean, I have to believe at some point you're human. We have all these crazy thoughts come into our heads after the third person goes, oh, wow, that's a lot of money. What
1: were your thoughts? Well, well first off, I think I got, you know, Grant Cardone. I think I got, um, I listened to him and he says, always agree. Mm. And so I think that was really helpful for me. So when somebody would say, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. My first answer is, oh, Yes. I am the most expensive nurse like this that you will find, mm-hmm. but it's awesome. And then I also think to myself, the minute I can tell that they're not interested, they're not my client. Mm-hmm. Because I could, here's the thing, I could easily work, you know, two jobs a week. Mm-hmm. I if my price is low enough, but I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like I could easily go back, I could easily go back east three times a month, but I don't want to go back east three times a month. That's why my price is so high. Mm-hmm. So whenever anybody says no, I then usually spend a lot of time with them, offering them a ton of value in the sense of, well, hey, even though we're not going to work together, Mm -hmm. let's talk about how I, how, let me give you some kind of tips on how to have a great recovery or whatever. And I still ended on a great conversation, but my, my thought is, okay, that person is just not my person.
0: And that's another reason I wanted to say, you should tell everyone that you do have a recovery guide for people who don't necessarily want to hire a private nurse. I do. And we'll link that and we'll <laughs> link that up in the show notes cuz that's I mean that's an amazing resource for people. If you're having plastic surgery and you're like I'm terrified, I don't know what to expect, I don't know how I'm going to handle it afterwards, it's perfect for you.
1: Yeah. I guess my message is you don't need to hire me. I don't mm-hmm. I am not I am not the key to a successful recovery. You can have it on your own, but you also need to know what, what I'm doing with my patients. And that's Mm -hmm. why I made that guide. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll link that up in the notes. And you know what else I wanted to talk about since you're kind of talking about doing things your way. One of the things I've been really impressed with you is how you have really done social media your way. And I remember us talking in, uh, in the beginning and I said, okay, you need to create an Instagram account. And I remember Telling, I don't know if I told. No, I didn't tell you to do TikTok, but I told you to do Reels, and at first you were resistant because you're you were like, "I am not dancing." And so, yeah. anyways, you have created a really amazing presence on both TikTok and uh, Instagram. Tell us about what that has been like doing it your way.
1: Well, I think, like I said, I've always kind of been a follower, and so I think it's my kind of default nature is to go and say okay how do we do this and to look outside myself Mm. to look at other people and there are since i've in the just in last three years especially through covid a lot of people have kind of started concierge nursing businesses things like that and there's a big group of them which i don't i follow hardly any of them because i don't i don't want to be influenced on how people are doing it i really want to do it my own way so I think that I really try, I spend a lot of time knowing my avatar or knowing my ideal client. And I think that's been really helpful for me because I know exactly who I'm talking to. Mm. And I think that I know what, of course, I know what I like and what I don't like. And I want to stay true to how, what I think is working and it is working. So I want to stay true to that instead of thinking, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing voiceovers and pointing at things. And, and if I look at others, that's what I would think I'm supposed to be doing, and I just really try to think. Okay, if I had never this is what I did before I you know started on TikTok. Okay, I I didn't look at much much. I thought okay, I'm doing this these educational TikToks. What would my ideal Janice? I don't know why I always use the word Jan, the name. I ask. know of all the names. <laughs> I know Janice. Janice from Milwaukee is on. You know, she's 60 years old. She's on TikTok because her grandkids got her on it. She's always wanted a facelift you know, what is, what is messaging that she is going to like to see? And so it's like, okay, I want to be, you know, I know my company values, right? I know my, I'm going to be clean. I'm going to be well-spoken. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be authentic. I'm not doing any of the shenanigans, Mm -hmm. pointing the any of that. And I, and I'm going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And then it acts, that was went wild on TikTok.
0: How did you figure out what Janice wants to hear?
1: Because I know Janice like the back of my hand.
0: And how so do you got, know her by like the back? How do you know her? I think
1: if I've set, uh, you and I've talked about this. I've, I set a lot of time aside for literally sitting in my office and no, you know, maybe smooth jazz in the background. Yeah, sure. But And some tea. But no, I'm not looking on social media. I'm not looking at what others are doing. I am literally sitting and thinking and thinking. If, if some an alien came down and I was to explain to them Instagram or TikTok or why people are doing it, what they're looking for, what are these kind of core things that people are wanting when they're picking up their phone? At least what is my client wanting? They're nervous about this, they're nervous about that. They want somebody to be calm and lovely and honest and make them feel better about this surgery that they're freaked out about. They don't need to see me looking all pretty in a dress, you know, um, on the beach, pointing at things and telling them this or that. No, they need me in my scrubs, In my kitchen, authentic, saying, hey, if you're having a facelift, these are what my most successful people do.
0: And what platform has been your best platform?
1: Instagram's my favorite, but TikTok has been the best. I think I just hit 26,000 followers. I think I'm talking to a group of people that no one, that's the most underserved group on TikTok. Yeah. I think that that's been helpful. And I'm booking patients through TikTok, which has been great.
0: How is show like, I know at first I, I would imagine that at first it was hard for you to do a video and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm really showing up as the expert. Was that hard for you? Oh yeah.
1: That was really hard because I remember that I, you know, I, when I journal every morning, I ask, I think there's a lot of power in questions. So I'm always asking myself questions because I remember thinking, what do I want? And I thought I want to be the expert. This was three years ago. I want to be the expert on plastic surgery recovery. And so then I thought to myself, and I didn't feel that way at all. Mm-hmm. And so I asked I asked myself, if, if I was the expert on plastic surgery recovery, what would I know? What would I be doing? What would I be saying? What would I be asking? What would I be, you know? And first off, I made flashcards because, well, I should probably start by knowing every cosmetic procedure. You know, I didn't know what gynecomastia was. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote down on my little flashcard gynecomastia Mm -hmm. surgery. It's a male breast reduction, you know, but first off it's like, okay, what's my checklist here? I need to know what my opinion on things, which is hard, you know, Mm -hmm. but I really kind of chose a side. I, I love drains. I think if you're going to have a tummy tuck or a breast reduction, I like when my patients have drains, I think they do better. Do I think it's horrible if you don't have drains? No, Mm -hmm. but I'm a fan of drains. And so I put that out there. I choose a side and just showed up, you know, I just kept asking myself that. What would I know? What would I be doing and taking a stance?
0: I love that for two reasons. Because first of all, the reality is who determines who's the expert at anything, really? I mean, it's it's an obscure like idea that someone's an expert. But what I love is that you said... If I really believed I was an expert, how would I show up? And that is such a powerful thing to do when you're trying to strengthen a new belief. Okay, if I really wanted to believe that I was a successful what would I do? If I really wanted to believe that this was a no-brainer for me, that money was coming to me, what would I do? It's just it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I love I yes, I think it's that's been very very helpful for me. Yeah.
0: yeah. So sell the people on why coaching has really helped you, and I know that that you and I, I know all this already. But sell the people on why coaching has been so pivotal for you into getting to where you are.
1: Well, I'm. Ge- I'll tell you, I'll answer that, but I'll also say why it's pivotal to my continu- my continued success and the future of the sexes- mm-hmm. successes I haven't had yet is because at every step of the way, you the bar continually raises, but you take yourself. along for the ride right totally so it's like i remember thinking i remember thinking once i have ten thousand dollars in my business savings account i won't worry about any of this Mm -hmm. i remember and i in courtney you know the story but for the listener i remember last it was gosh i don't know how long maybe two years ago just not just not having a dry spell i didn't know it was covid doctors weren't doing as many surgeries. I had left the hospital. Like this is this, I'm going to do this thing full time. And in hindsight, I should have saved more money. Mm -hmm. And I remember being just sitting on the, remember the side of the tub crying, like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Who, what, and just all, you know, that negative, negative Nelly, you know, that negative person sitting on my shoulder. That's like, this isn't going to work. You know, this isn't going to work. This is all going to fall apart.
0: So is what you're saying to me. That as you've made more money and had more success and you even have evidence that things are going well, that your brain is still an asshole to you. Is that what you're saying oh, to
1: me? That is exactly what I'm saying. And so, even
0: if, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because
1: even at that moment, I remember thinking, and I remember telling Rob, my husband, saying, once I have $10,000 in the bank, this is not going to be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And shortly after that, a few months, all of a sudden I reached that goal and I have that little safety net. And I still have that negative voice. This is all going to fall apart. And I, I, that's where the coaching comes in. Yeah.
0: And so what does that look like when you say that's where the coaching comes in? Explain to them, like how you come, what you'll come to me and say and talk to me about.
1: Well, I think I'll come to me and tell you all the facts that you remind me aren't facts. And it's easy. And it's so funny because I feel like I've been doing this work for so long and I've known you since the womb. And so I know what you're going to say. But I think I see it also clearly and you show me my own thoughts and then that's where it's like, oh, wow.
0: Yeah. And so for the listener, what that means is like if if you have to think to yourself, OK, if I if I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I feel like I don't have enough money in the bank. Well, let, let me tell you, there are millionaires out there who feel that as well. You might be thinking if I just paid all my credit card debt off, I would feel so secure right? But there are millionaires out there that don't have any credit card that feel like if they wish they had more money in the bank, then they would feel secure. Think about how you would feel if you had that money in the bank, if you would feel confident or you would feel peaceful. You need to feel the confidence. You need to feel the peace now, even though the money's not there. And that will help you move towards getting the money. And it will just help you enjoy the process.
1: I agree. And I would say if and I, you know, of course, you already said I kind of follow, obviously, you and all your coach friends and all that. But I will say that if, as a non-coach, all of this life, but all of entrepreneurship is totally an inside job. Mm-hmm. And that that's where coaching comes in. And that's where coaching solves for that.
0: Yeah, because it's and it's never ending. It's not like you get to a point where you're like, oh, my God, I'm making two hundred thousand dollars. I, I get it now. It makes sense and everything's clear and I'm not, I don't have asshole thoughts in my head and I don't have insecurities and I don't think it's all going to be blown apart at any moment. Right. So if you're not enjoying the process, if you're not really taking time to say, "Wow, well, I'm a, I'm a little bit insecure, but if that's okay and I can see where it's coming from and I need to do this or do that, then you're going to be miserable throughout the whole journey.
1: Right. And then add life, add life to all of it, right? Yeah. And Then something's happened with one of your kids. Or, yes. Yeah your ex-husband, you know, whatever life is throwing at you, then that all plays in.
0: And that's where coaching is helpful. Well, Kelly, this don't has been it. so fun. Whoa, hey, it. what else do you want to say to the people? Keep talking. Know, what else do you want I to know. say to the people? I'm having so much fun. This is part one, right? This is part oh, Well, sure. You do know that after we stop the podcast, you and I still can talk, right? <laughs> I know, You're like, still- don't end it. I'm not actually leaving. I live five <laughs> houses away. <laughs> do you want to say anything else to the people to the lovely, mostly women that you've inspired. Because I know that you, I mean, it's, I know that, that there's going to be a lot of people that are like, this is absolutely amazing. To go from, let me just say again, like to go from working, Here, here's what I want to say. I think that if you're in a a hard situation in your life, and obviously, you know, uh, even saying something is hard, that's, you know, that's a perspective on a situation. But let's say your husband loses his job and then you have to go back to work and all that. And then you decide, oh, my gosh, we're really struggling. I'm going to start a business and all that. I think that is easier to do if you're in a typical, quote unquote, hard situation Then if you have a legit good job and you're making $83,000 as a nurse, your husband also has money to say, I'm going to potentially risk this to start something else because I see a more amazing future for myself. To me, that's hard. That's even harder to do. You know, if you're down and out and things aren't good to be able to rise above and put yourself out there, that's hard. But you had such a good situation. That's it takes a lot of courage.
1: And I will say too, and I only point this out because I think sometimes it's easier for people to look in and say, oh, well, easy when you've got a husband to back you mm-hmm. or easy, you know, and I will say that at that point, three years ago, I wasn't married. I was paying my own mortgage. That's right. I was, you know, so it was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I, you know, it's so interesting because I ran into one of the nurses I used to work with yesterday at the farmer's market and, you know, we and here I am, I haven't seen her in, you know, five years. So here I am coming to her as my kind of new self. And we were, but we were picking up when we last talked. And I, it was so interesting to hear her, you know, just talking about how she's busting her butt and picking up on-call shifts and just, you know, to make that extra $14 an hour. And it was just so interesting thinking, Oh, wow. So much has changed for me. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would, I just tell people to think outside the box and know that it's not going to be all roses and that it's the, this entrepreneurial journey has been the hardest thing I've ever done, but so worth it. So worth it. So worth it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: so much more than just the money.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, that's what I'm referring to. Just the growth the, I mean, you and I talk about this all the time, like how, you know, it's easy to a lot of people like pay people to do their website. And of course you did your website. So I'm like, well, I'm going to do my website. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, people would laugh if they could see like me sitting at my kitchen table, just crying, you know, <laughs> all at the help center talking about me trying to figure out how to do this damn website myself.
0: Yeah. Or but, Facebook you know- ads.
1: Oh God, that's been our latest thing, right? I, I mean, it's, it's actually like, it could drive you to drink. It's just, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the, it's the growth that I'm going to get from, from going through it.
0: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think you're amazing. And I really appreciate you coming on. I know that a lot of people are going to be like, this is just an amazing story. So I'm very proud of you. I love you. And thank you for coming on and talking with us.
1: Well, in a few more words. I, am proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I'm so publicly so proud of you. And this, I'm just so impressed because I remember when you started this podcast thinking, I actually sometimes will get nervous. Hey, listener, I will sometimes get nervous when Courtney does things because I just get nervous too for you. And the fact that you were even doing this podcast, I thought was just like made me nervous because I just don't think it's something that Well, now I'm actually would maybe consider it, but I would... I was just nervous about the whole thing, but so impressed. And just so um, I know you're helping so many people and people love this podcast. And I'm just really proud of you. And I feel that you and your coaching were instrumental in my success.
0: Well, thank you. It's been been an honor. And I, I love you.
1: I love you as well. Thanks for listening, listener.
0: Have a great day, listener. Bye. If you are ready to make more money and take your business to the next level, I would love to have a conversation with you. I coach mom entrepreneurs one-on-one to help them achieve at levels higher than ever before. Find me on social and at my website, thebeautifulentrepreneurs.com.